Welcome to the Life Interconnected Podcast. My name is Amber Todd, and I am your host. I am so excited that you're here with me today. It's the first episode, and you are here. You've shown up. Thank you for that. I'm a Christian counselor, mom of four, wife to the amazing Nathan Reed Todd, and this has been a long journey for me personally and professionally. I've been dreaming about this podcast for the last six months, and here we are. So in today's episode, we are going to dive into how God has created you for connection. He has designed your mind, body, and spirit to be interconnected. Are you in a season where you're longing for more? Perhaps you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change, and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? My name is Amber Todd, and I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for deep healing connection within yourself, with others, and with God. This is why I collaborate with doctors who honor God's design for a whole being to function and operate in harmony. The Life Interconnected podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement and a fresh perspective on the connection between your mind, body, and spirit. I will be sharing wisdom from my years of experience helping others to cultivate emotional health, and we'll have deep conversations with professionals who also embrace a holistic approach. If you are ready to get unstuck and heal so that you can reconnect with the purpose God has put inside of you, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Life Interconnected. I have a question for you. Do you ever feel like something's missing? Like you're looking for peace in all the right places, only to be left feeling like the puzzle isn't quite fitting together. Maybe you've read the books and gone to counseling. Maybe you show up to group. You try to care for your health and yet you just still feel exhausted and overwhelmed. Like you know you're not fully feeling your best. I've been there, trust me especially in my lowest seasons of postpartum, I definitely was not feeling my best. Actually, I want to share a little bit more about my story because I think it's important to understand where I've come from and how God has brought me down this journey that I'm at today. In 2015, Nate and I moved from outside of Philadelphia in Westchester, Pennsylvania, back to his hometown of Fort Wayne, Indiana, where we currently reside. At that time, we were pregnant with our second daughter, Ruby, and feeling super burnout in ministry, to be honest. I was really discouraged by my experience in the church. As a staff member, I was exhausted, burnt out, and everything in me wanted to run away and hide. I remember sitting in the back of the pew with my hood over my head one Sunday, just hoping that no one would need anything from me. I was so hungry for God, feeling depleted like a shell of myself. I gave everything I had and there was nothing left in my tank. I was a new mom, feeling isolated, living far away from family and church. And it just began to feel like a burden rather than a place of refreshment. I knew there was a better way and yet I just felt stuck. God began speaking to me about it being a time of transition. And although we didn't know exactly what that meant, we knew that something had to change. So Nate and I decided to take a three-month sabbatical, and we went that summer to spend time at his family's lake cottage in Michigan. 
And one day I was sitting on the dock, which is my happy place because I grew up on a lake. And I heard God gently whisper, Amber, you know what you want, but I know what you need. And to be honest, what I wanted was to run, to escape, to move down south and just start over. This is my MO. I'm going to keep it real. This podcast is going to be honest and vulnerable. When I feel hurt, I run. I don't know if any of you can relate. You know, we all have a trauma response when we feel scared. Typically, it's either fight, flight, or freeze. I am all flight. You know, growing up, if there was an argument in our house, we would run away or slam the door. That was that. We moved on, and then everything was fine. Or was it? I learned to stuff my emotions, to hold back my unwelcome tears. Sure, it's fine for a while. But then like a pressure cooker, when the final straw hit, I would explode in anger. Wash, rinse, repeat. At the age of 18, I moved out of my parents' house following a year of trauma and loss for our family, which I'll share more about another time. As a freshman at Indiana University, I was desperately seeking answers. I believed in God and we went to church occasionally, but honestly, God felt very far away from my real life, my raw needs, my tender heart. I stayed in Bloomington because I got a full ride scholarship and felt like I needed to be close to continue to be the rock for my family. As a pre-med student, I dreamed of being a pediatrician who could also provide financially for my parents and then everything would be okay. Or would it? The first week of my freshman year, I stood outside of the foster dorm as cars of upperclassmen drove around the circle to pick up anyone willing to go to a frat party. I remember standing in the corner of the room at the party with a red cup in my hand. I hadn't taken one sip. My family's relationship with alcohol is complicated, to be honest. Staring at the beer in my hand and all the drunk people around me, I just felt so defeated. Like, is this it? Is this what college is all about? Then I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit clearly for the first time, and he spoke to me, Amber, there is more to life than this. I felt so touched by this powerful revelation that I dumped my drink in the trash and I waited in the car for my friends. Only the driver and I were sober. And as we pulled back into the dorm parking lot, we had to pull over because one of my friends got sick. And right then, of course, a police officer pulled up behind us with flashing blue and red lights. As the five of us stood in line on the side of the road waiting to take the breathalyzer, I remember thanking God that he protected me that night and, and whispered in my heart that I wanted to know more. The next day, a friend from high school invited me to a campus crusade meeting, and it was there that I truly understood the gospel for the first time. I realized that I'd been trying to play savior for my family and that it was a role I was never meant to fill. Through a relationship with Jesus, I could trust him to meet my needs and their needs, and I no longer had to do it alone. Relief washed over me, and at the age of 18, I began to grow in my faith and started learning how to cultivate a true relationship with God. One of my first realizations was that I couldn't fix or change my parents. The healing had to start with me. And maybe some of you are listening to this today and you're in the same boat. Maybe you're changing generational patterns. You're cultivating emotional health. You're desiring more deep and meaningful connection than perhaps you had in childhood. To be honest, the sessions with my first counselor at that age of 18 were like water to my soul. 
the more I owned my healing, the more I realized that maybe I didn't want to be a doctor anymore. Rather than helping people heal physically, I felt called to help them heal mentally and emotionally. Switching my major to psychology, I began to dig deeper into research and accidentally stumbled upon my grandfather's research articles. He was a graduate professor at IU most of my life, and he passed away the year before after a long battle with Alzheimer's. Dr. James Knowlton was a brilliant man. He was the kindest soul. Both of dad's parents were a safe place for me. They taught me to love learning and to be a lifelong learner. I have many childhood memories of going to Broadway shows and orchestra concerts and art festivals on campus, as well as witnessing lingering conversations between my grandfather and his graduate students from all over the world around our Thanksgiving table. He is still one of my greatest heroes, and I am forever grateful for his influence in my life. Throughout my 20s, as I owned my inner healing, learned to set boundaries and accept my limits, I felt more clear about my calling as a counselor. I wanted to help others in the same way. I felt called to the broken and God placed me in the middle of them where he began to teach me about the mind, body, spirit connection. After graduating from IU, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where I completed two years of the teach for America program. As I taught in the inner city at a failing school, 95% of our kids lived in poverty. And many of my students were from single parent households with one parent absent or incarcerated. It was the height of no child left behind and the pressure on teachers to perform miracles or to lose their job. I like a challenge and I went into my classroom full of optimism and naivety. Sitting at the table on the first day of my parent-teacher conferences, I stared at the clock as the first three parents didn't show up. (laughs) To be honest, I was appalled, offended, a little sad. I just assumed they didn't care. Why would they not show up for their child? I called my parents in tears, thanking them for all the ways they showed up for me in my childhood. I made it my mission to get to know these families and figure out what was really going on. As I visited their homes and workplaces, utterly surprised at what I discovered. I had been completely wrong, judging them from a place of my white privilege. They actually cared deeply, so much that most of them worked multiple jobs to provide for their kids. The first home I entered belonged to Esmeralda. None of her family spoke English or interactions included lots of smiles and her sweet eight-year-old self trying to interpret for us. She walked me upstairs to show me around and I quickly realized that her family of five shared one bedroom. The other rooms were inhabited by other families, all doing their best to survive. When her mom offered me a full meal, I held back tears at the honor of them giving me food out of their limited supply. Throughout our conversation, I realized that Esmeralda's mom didn't know about the parent conference because she couldn't read English when I sent home the notice. After that, I had all my parent flyers translated into Spanish and found an interpreter to be available for any conference. This was the beginning of my students becoming my greatest teachers. When I caught one of my students putting his lunch food into his pockets, I asked him why, and he shared that his only meals were at school. Trying to be the hero still, I went out and bought groceries for his whole family that week. But then I quickly realized that he wasn't the only one, and this approach wasn't sustainable. Yet, the needs around me felt overwhelming. I began to pray in ways that I never had before. Most of my students started with me two years behind academically. And for the first time in my life, no matter how hard I tried to rescue or fix or succeed, I felt like a failure. How could they learn and grow their minds when their basic physical needs weren't being met? One specific student impacted me the most when I walked through a tragic child abuse case with her that made national news. 
As her teacher and being involved with child protective services and the police, I became a fierce protector of those without a voice. My first job after Nate and I got married was as a victim advocate working in crisis response for sexual assault cases. I collaborated with detectives and district attorneys to provide support to the victim from the crime scene, hospital, and police station, all the way through jury trial. In each of these tragic situations, I saw a common thread. Inevitably, the person would ask the question, why? Why did God let this happen? Why am I going through this? What did I do wrong? After such a traumatic experience, they needed deeper answers. Talk therapy can only get you so far. I saw trauma start to invade their belief system. I observed trauma showing up in the body. I witnessed mental breakdowns and identity crisis. You see, I'd wanted to go to grad school for counseling right after Teach for America, but God clearly spoke to me after I received my first acceptance letter. And he said, Amber, you say that you want to help the broken. I'm going to place you right in the middle of them and teach you through my Holy Spirit what no man can learn in a book. This began my deep dive journey into developing a holistic approach to inner healing. By walking alongside so many people in broken and dark places, I learned how to hold sacred space and create safe space for others. I also learned one of my most valuable lessons, and this leads to my first point. God created you to be interconnected. God is triune in nature. He's three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are a child of God made in his image, which means that you also have a triune nature, a mind, body, and spirit. You have a mind, you live in a body, and you are spirit. I love the verse Romans 8, 16, when it talks about how the Holy Spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are the sons and daughters of the living God. It's from our spirit that we hear from God. We inherently know that we have a creator and we were created for connection. God created us to be interconnected. Your mind, body, and spirit are designed to flow and work together in harmony. I believe that's what ultimately creates peace. And as a counselor, that's really what people are looking for when they come see me. They want inner peace. And you cannot segment any part of your being to function optimally. My students couldn't concentrate in school because they were hungry. The victims I served couldn't find closure unless they wrestled with deeper questions. Trauma doesn't leave the body unless it's tended to and released. Therefore, we must understand that our mental, physical, and spiritual health is all connected. Now, how do we know this? Honestly, through the beautiful gift of emotions. And so many times we think of our emotions negatively. We, we can actually shame or scapegoat anger or fear or guilt. But emotions are not the problem. Emotions are messengers. In anger and rage, during one of my most lowest seasons of life, I was newly postpartum, overwhelmed by our out-of-state move and surrounded by boxes. I remember asking God, what is wrong with me? I was holding my daughter, Ruby, in my arms, and I had just snapped at my toddler, Emma. And I just felt so much shame. I begged God, please take this anger away. If only I knew then what I knew now. I felt so much shame and guilt that my emotions were the problem. And I just thought if God took it away, then everything would be fine. But you know what? 
I've come to believe and know that my anger was a messenger, that my system was completely on overload. I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. I was sad to be away from my friends. I had left my job. I'd left all my social circles. I'd left all my roles that I'd found value in. And in that season, I felt like I was just a mom and just a wife. And to be honest, I felt like I was feeling at that too. And because my basic needs aren't being met, of course I was angry. Amber in present time can offer compassion to postpartum Amber. And I can recognize that I was doing my best to cope and I needed help. The anger was really a cry for help. If only I knew then how to ask for that. So I want you to know today that your emotions are the culmination of your thoughts, beliefs, and physical symptoms, all interacting. Everything in us is connected. It's interconnected and it affects one another. This brings me to my second point. People get stuck because they're living disconnected, segmented lives. You know, Western medicine and its approach is extremely compartmentalized. And here's what I mean. If you're sick, you go to a doctor. They specifically look at that part of your body and give you some type of script or medication or plan, and then you move on. If you're struggling mentally, you typically go to a counselor who focuses on your thoughts and your emotions. If you're discouraged or you're doubting your faith, you might speak to a pastor or a priest or a mentor. These are all good and beautiful things, but rarely do we have spaces or professionals who understand how all these things interact and treat us as a whole person. When I went to a new family doctor during that postpartum season, I was feeling so ashamed, so desperate, so alone. And as soon as he walked in the room, I only said one sentence. He said, how can I help you today? And I said, you know, I'm really overwhelmed and anxious right now. He quickly reached into his back pocket and pulled out a script. Now I'm not anti-medication and perhaps that is what I needed, but you know what? I felt so alone and misunderstood because he didn't really take time to listen. I wanted to share my whole story, my big journey of how I started struggling and explain how my thoughts were racing with anxiety and that my body was tense and I was restless and I wasn't sleeping and I was doubting why God even brought us to Fort Wayne. I wanted an interconnected approach to my healing, but unfortunately most doctors aren't trained in how to do that. And this segmented approach to healing and wholeness, it ignores the intelligence of our creator. Our creator gave us a triune nature. So if we want true healing, deep healing, we have to incorporate every part of our being. When I was at the height of stress in my job as a victim advocate, my left eye started twitching and it would just twitch on and off all the time. Of course, they sent me to an eye doctor who looked at my eye. Everything was fine. They did an MRI, lots of tests. No one could find anything wrong. Well, eventually I started to notice that the twitching would flare up when I was under high amounts of stress. If I got called out in a very stressful case or had a really traumatic situation I was involved with, my, my eye would twitch the next day. And so I began to manage my stress better. And also, to be honest, I just started chugging large glasses of water because I think I was really dehydrated. And when I would do that, it always helped. I realized I'm an interconnected being. And now I approach all of my physical symptoms out of curiosity of what my body could be speaking. So when we focus on the negative emotion or symptom and make it about that, we're missing the deeper reality of what's happening in our entire system. 
you know, the typical motivators for seeking out counseling maybe include anxiety, depression, loneliness, fear, overwhelm. These are all signals that something else is happening in your system. I aim to keep a posture of curiosity around my own emotions, knowing that it's coming to the surface as an opportunity to go deeper into my own healing. Yes, sometimes I need to renew my mind. Yes, it's helpful to talk through that with my own counselor. But I'm also very much aware that I have an entire system operating in my internal world. And the more that I understand that system and how it runs, the better I can support myself. Because our system is intelligent and our creator designed healing mechanisms within us when we learn how to tap into our interconnected design. My desire through this podcast is to teach you how to do that. So how do we reconnect when it's felt like our system has been disconnected? Well, first of all, we need to cultivate an integrative and holistic approach to our healing. This is why I love partnering with doctors and holistic practitioners. So I am a Christian counselor, but I actually work out of doctor's offices because I believe in a whole person approach. I am guiding a client through emotional health and renewing their mind. Sometimes I pray with clients and there's an aspect of inner healing led by the Holy Spirit, but I'm also paying attention to how their body is holding their story and what lens they're viewing God through in the midst of their pain. And as I make those observations, I have the privilege of collaborating with doctors who understand that paradigm and we can work together to help support their body, renew their mind and encourage their spirit. We must understand and respond to ourselves within the context of wholeness and our triune design by observing yourself and responding to your emotions out of curiosity. You can start to cultivate a healthy interconnection first within yourself. And that's really going to be this first journey of this podcast. I'm going to be diving deep into your mental, physical, and spiritual health and how it's connected. And then ultimately what's happening inside of you and your internal world impacts your relationships with others. It impacts your marriage. It impacts your friendship, the way you show up in community. And finally, it impacts how you view God. You know, I believe that God gave us three parts of our being so that when we do struggle, We are having a hard time in one area. We can lean into the others. So for me, when I go through a season of mental health struggles, or last year I had some anxiety come up, I really focused on physical movement because I felt like I couldn't conquer my anxiety in my own willpower. So I started really moving my body and paying attention to my body. And pretty soon my anxiety got better. Sometimes when we have physical limitations, we need to depend on prayer. We lean into our spirit. Or maybe you're in a season of discouragement where you just feel like you have a lot of doubt and you have a lot of intrusive negative thoughts. We can renew our mind. Your mind, body, and spirit all function with the ability to support one another. And when you understand that and you feel empowered with how to do that is absolutely a game changer for your inner healing. So I'm inviting you today to stop approaching your healing with only one part of your being. When your mental, physical, and spiritual health is thriving, all of these things flow together in peace and harmony, which is ultimately when you experience the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, it's because you're living in inner harmony. So here's a big idea and takeaway for today. You are made in the image of God and you are created for connection. Your mind, body, and spirit are interconnected. Your emotions are messengers sending a message about the collective state of your mental, physical, and spiritual health. 
healing deeply is possible when you understand and heal from the context of being a whole person. Thank you so much for being here today with me. Here's what I want you to reflect on this week. What messages are your mind, body, and spirit communicating? Really take time to listen. What is the thought loop that keeps going through your head? I'm not enough. They have it better than me. Maybe you are shaming yourself. Maybe your inner critic is really loud. Write it down. Recognize your patterns in your mind. And then I want you to observe any common tension or physical symptoms that show up in your body. For me, when I get anxious, my chest starts to get tight or my jaw starts to ache. Sometimes my eye twitches. When it shows up in your body, pause and listen. Acknowledge that. Honor what your body's trying to communicate. And then ultimately reflect on how you feel currently in your faith. What is your posture in your heart towards God? Maybe you're feeling angry, disappointed, sad. Maybe you're in a season of encouragement. Maybe you're launching something new too, just like me. I want you to know that no matter where you are at in your faith, you are welcome here. As a Christian counselor, I meet with clients from almost every denomination, some on fire in their faith and others who've left the church feeling weary and hurt. I see you. And my prayer is that this podcast will be water to your soul so that you can receive encouragement and practical advice on how to cultivate healthy connection in your own internal world. Here's a sneak peek for next week's episode. We're going to focus on Monday on your internal world, and we are going to dive into the topic of the mind. I'll be talking about the difference between the mind and the brain, and we'll chat about what's actually happening inside of you. How do you start to develop an internal map so that we can know where our thoughts are coming from and how to renew our minds? And then on Thursday, you're in for a treat because you will get to hear a fascinating conversation I had with a neurosurgeon. Dr. Avery Jackson, who witnesses God's intelligent design every day as he operates on the brain and the spine, he talks about how our mind, brain, and spirit interact. It is fascinating, and I cannot wait. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together, and I look forward to next time.